your shot Hey, come on now, shoot your shot Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot Hey, come on now, shoot your shot Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. My name is Esfandi Arberhini, joined alongside Bradshaw Furlong, and we have a guest. I feel like I've said this a million times over the past couple of days, but you are you're, you are doing yourself a disservice if you are not subscribed to this man's YouTube channel, Too Much Hoops. This is Bradley Vermont. Brad, how are you doing? And most importantly, how's the dog, man? Pretty good on both counts. Yeah, I'm doing right. good. He's about to go to his uh, puppy playtime in about half an hour. So nice. uh, you might hear a little ruckus in the background. That's just Very nice. getting loaded out. Yeah, I uh, I had to take uh, Freddie out to daycare at two o'clock and he's going to be back at around seven. But yeah, yeah, no. So so do you do you set up play dates or is it just like a... Uh, There's like a, a thing in town where puppies between the age of like 10 weeks and 18 weeks or something like that you have to show that you're up to date with your vaccinations and then they just basically go into a big room with some dog trainers and run around and go crazy for an hour. That's pretty cute. That's cute. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad it, uh, I'm sure like taking up all your time, like, Oh my God. Cause I know for me myself, it's just like, I am consumed by this dog. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's uh, he requires a lot of surveillance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a baby. I swear to God. Yeah. It's like a baby. Um, all right. So before we get into what we wanted to discuss today, which was Raptors versus Celtics, that's going to be happening tomorrow. Um, let's, let's, let's dive into Bucks heat and just for a minute, let's rip on Bradshaw. Just, just, you know, give him really an, any type why, of, uh, why are you ripping on me? Why are you ripping on, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the one not closing out on three pointers. Well, this is <laughs> now uh, as uh, I really, I'm not sure if we should sell Start with Bucks Heat or Bucks Nets. Which one do you ah, think is, is that's a the, good point. Is the better one to go with? That's a fair that's, point. That's, that wasn't even a was that even a game? Like Justin Anderson. <laughs> Justin Anderson thought it was a game. Justin yeah, Hallster thought so as well. <laughs> I hey, mean, they're, they're closing the gap. They're closing the man, gap. I mean, down nine right now. They're closing the gap. I oh, mean, when you're down it. twenty, it's hard not to close the gap. The Magic closed the gap <laughs> yesterday on the Raptors too, but. uh yeah, I mean, I, I I joke around, but the the Bucks are pretty solid. I'm sure they don't care. They're so locked into that one seed yeah. that it doesn't matter. I, I'm sort of same deal about the Lakers. Like I I very much enjoy clowning on both teams, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think they're just kind of over it and yeah. just trying to get do specific things and 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 that kind of thing. And I, I sort of expect that's what the Raptors will start doing. Maybe not the game we're going to talk about, but soon after they're probably they're probably not going to start trying until their first round playoff series, like really gearing themselves up. Cause I don't even think the first round is going to be that much of a competition for, for the bucks. No, not at all. Yeah. Right. It's a clean sweep. Most likely if it, even if it's Brooklyn or Orlando, uh, same thing with the raps. I, I'd probably say confidently that, you know, maybe Orlando steals a game like they usually did or like they did last year. But I don't know. I think both teams are pretty confident that they could ramp up even in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Definitely in the first round. Yeah, Raptors uh, seem pretty ramped up right now as it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Great. They they came out hard <laughs> these first couple games. I thought they might like ease into it a little bit, but they're not. They're not screwing around. They're they're locked in. The thing good. is, they're just not a team that doesn't like to try. Like the, even when they even, and I think the Bucks are the same way. Like I know Giannis is super competitive, so it's not like he's actively trying to not play well in these games. I I just think they they have this motor to them that can't be turned off. You know. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that is part of what makes them great is, is, you know, somebody like Lowry or Van Bleed or even OG, like every time they step onto the court, uh, they're, they're going to go hard at it. Uh, Pascal, I think knows how to take his foot off the gas a little <laughs> bit. I, I think he's maybe been doing that a little bit offensively, yeah. but, uh, the team's defense has looked really sharp in these first few games. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know what? We'll, we'll dump into that now. So uh, Raptors defensive stats over the past three games, they're number one in defensive rating um, in the bubble at 96.1. They're second in opponents points in the paint, first in opponents points, 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 <laughs> opponents points off turnovers, first in opponents uh, field goal percentage and third in opponents three point percentage. So they're, they're pretty much doing everything right. It is a factor of the other teams just not hitting their shots as well. Like, like they're just playing against guys who just aren't hitting any shots like Miami for, for, I guess the first half of that game was, they were just breaking everything. Um, I, I, I want to go into. Where's just- that today? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, man. It's okay, man. Don't worry. Listen, we're, oh, okay. <laughs> we're facing you guys. Raptors are facing uh, what next week? I think at some point Wednesday, yeah, Monday, I think Monday, but that you guys are on the second half of back to back. That'll be a tough one. Yeah. We're probably not going to like, they're going to rest some guys. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. 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 Or, or they're not going to get their usual minutes at least. And they're yeah. definitely not going to show uh, any tricks they've got up their sleeve for, for the playoffs. Exactly. That's, that's a good point to bring up for this game. Um, I know that with Nurse and Brad Stevens, and there's the debate of who's the better coach and everything like that, and we can go back and forth. I think all of us can agree Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is the better coach. Um, yeah, uh, and not that Brad Stevens is a bad coach right. either. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's the champion. Exactly. Yeah, you got to put respect on champs. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the interesting storyline is how much of their cards are we going to see today or tomorrow, excuse me. Like how, how much are they actually going to show in terms of lineups, matchups, maybe different rotations and, and things like that. Right. I think they'll throw out, I think they'll sort of play it like the magic. Like I think they'll, they'll probably go, you know, nine or 10 deep. I think they'll want to get a little bit more run with that starting lineup just to kind of see how it goes. Like, I, I don't think they're going to sit anybody out or anything because mm-hmm. Gasol is still working through a minutes restriction and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't think nurse necessarily will hold back in terms of like just his regular rotation type of stuff, but I don't think we're going to see um, maybe the the big lineup against the Celtics or anything. I don't think he's going to give him any footage on that yeah. um, at, because I, I think that could be a, a valuable tool in the playoffs against them potentially, because one of the, one of the weaknesses for the Celtics is, and this was a problem against Miami somewhat, is dealing with that size inside. It, it just, uh, you know, they have, they have nice big wings, but then they don't have like a power forward type of guy right. um, that they can slot in there. So it's like they get, they have like nice length at the two, the three and the four or the two and the three. And then at the four, they're kind of undersized because I guess that's Jason Tatum or Hayward, whoever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like they have like an OG powerhouse type of guy. And then Daniel Tice at the center. He's, he, I love his mobility. I like his shot blocking. He's very athletic. But uh, he just doesn't have that sort of sheer mass of like a, a Marcus Gasol or right. a Brooke Lopez or whoever. Um, and so I, I think, I think the, their lack of size could could potentially hurt them in the down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, uh, 
you know, I, that's probably going to be the X factor in all of this, how, how Gasol is going to play against the Celtics and even Ibaka to a certain extent. Thing is, we didn't get to see a lot of that during their first three matchups in the regular season because Gasol missed the two games, I think Christmas and, and what was it, Boxing Day or the next after. Um, and then Siakam missed two of those games as well. Powell missed a couple of those games. So, like, the, even even the games that you can look at and, and kind of assess, you can't assess it properly because the Raptors were so depleted. Yeah, I find that's true with a lot of Raptors matchups this season because <laughs> yeah. of the way they just have like constantly had one or two guys out. Right. And I think for the Raptors, it's like you might not think it's a big deal if Gasol is out, but you see even in the last three games just how much of a difference it is when he's on the floor. Like I don't know how well he did against the Magic yesterday, but it seemed very good. And I know going into that game, that lineup, the starting lineup was like a plus 25 net rating or something in the, the minutes they had played. Yeah. Which, you know, limited sample size and all that, but he, he is a huge difference maker. So, I mean, uh, judging games where he didn't play or Siakam didn't play like the, that makes a big difference. Yeah. And it, it wakes up the offense. You know, the, we talk about the defensive side of Gasol so much that sometimes we forget how much his facilitating is, is so important to the Raptors offense. Just, uh, you know, he, he kind of stays at the top of the arc and the, and that creates so many opportunities for them, whether it be just guys cutting back door or, or different pin down screens that they have on the corners. Like there's, there's so many different options that can be created just with Gasol's IQ uh, on the offensive end. And that helps the half court. I think that'll be a big thing going forward against maybe a potential matchup against the Celtics playoff wise. I just, I, I don't know if, um, if we have an idea of how it's going to look right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think one of the really in things that I'm interested to see in terms of the Raptors against the Celtics is if Siakam and Serge Ibaka can have big games and big series against them because I think those are two guys who sometimes struggle when they're when they're against bigger guys and then if you try to put a smaller guy on them they'll just take them to town and right. uh, they they can kind of destroy them on the low block. Serge plays with a lot of power. And Siakam, if you if you can't body him up, he's he's going to get to the rim. Right, and and Siakam had a really really good game against them. The one game that he did play, thirty three points, like he he was great. Obviously, the Raptors lost that game, but it it it's clear that he can use whatever that he had to as an advantage. Right, his game, his offensive game, kind of suits the Celtics' defense a little bit. Yeah, uh, he he tends to struggle more when he has those big defenders like maybe Bam Adebayo on him. Mm-hmm. Or, or even uh, even Jonathan Isaac. And, and Jason Tatum isn't really smaller than him necessarily, yeah. but uh, uh, Siakam, even against uh, same-size guys, are, are, he, he just he does really well against them. So, so what do you think is going to be like the – I hate calling it the X factor, but what do you think is going to be the key, the decision, the deciding factor, I guess you want to call it, if there were to be a Raptors-Celtics series? I think um, I think defense is going to be really important because the Celtics do have a lot of defensive threats yeah. and a lot of three point shooting, and some 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 of what helps the Raptors defense uh, excel is when they're playing against teams that have two guys on the floor who can't shoot. Mm-hmm. It, like when you do that against the Raptors, they will disrespect those guys to no end and sag off them and use that to sort of get their rotations really going and funnel three-point attempts to guys who don't want to shoot it. 
Um, and the Celtics have Daniel Tice, who's not really a shooter. But then other than that, you know, if they put Kemba, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward all on the floor, they're all shooting at least, I think, 38% or something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the Raptors' ability to run those guys off the three-point line and, and their ability to knock down shots is, is, is going to be really important. Yeah. It's just kind of strange for me because I know like before the, before the podcast, us and I were talking about it, and like you mentioned how much, how much the numbers drop when the Raptors play the Celtic defensive numbers dropping against the Celtic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But for me, like when I'm when I think of the Celtics, I'm not as a Bucks fan. I'm not terribly worried about playing them in the playoffs. Like, is that just like a matchup thing at that point? Like, is it just really that all that comes down to? They just don't match up as well against the Bucks as they would against the Raptors. I would I also mean, say, like, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, I'm not super worried about it either <laughs> as a Raptors fan. Like, like the numbers drop significantly against the Celtics, but they're good against basically everybody else. Yeah. But uh, but also like like as Fenier was saying, like it's it's. You know, no Gasol, no Siakam in two yeah. games. It's it's hard for me to to place any big worry right. on those numbers because I I just I don't think it's representative of what the Raptors are going to do in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, especially Christmas Day. Like Christmas Day, we were missing. Like the Raps were missing every single person. Yeah, I I don't know even know what kind of lineup they threw out there for the starting lineup. I don't remember, but it seemed like half of the roster was missing. So it's it's hard to judge based off those games, but. Um, you know, the Celtics offense is something that is probably in contrast to the Raptors because the Raptors, and I've said this before, where it's like, you don't necessarily who know who is going to be that guy for you on any given night, right? It could be Siakam that goes off for 30. It could be Lowry, it could be Van Vliet, it could be a, a random Ibaka type of night as well, or Powell. Um, but for the Celtics, you know that you're going to get productivity out of Tatum, Brown, Kemba, if he's healthy. Um, and, and the odd Hayward night, right? And they, they pretty much show up every night. That, those are 20-point getters pretty much every night, right? I think that's a scary part about the Celtics offense. I, I also like uh, Tatum is just a guy that you can throw the ball to and, and he can shoot like a, a step-back three and you feel pretty great about it. Yeah. Um, and the Raptors don't necessarily have that. Uh, you know, Siakam can ISO against guys. He can get to the rim. He can get to the mid-range. But that that sort of trust in the in the three point shot just isn't there for him or for me watching him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. For sure. And 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 the way he's been playing, like I, I obviously you we talked about it a little bit yesterday on Twitter. But there are there is this thing of his offense isn't at the point that people have expected yet. Um, and I think that is a little bit of, you know, still warming up. The guy hasn't played basketball in five months. You, you still got to, he still has to figure things out. The passes are a lot more sloppy and he's getting a lot more turnovers. And I think a lot of Raptors fans have addressed that. I just think, um, you know, we have to give him a little bit more time because the, the offense was there before. I mean, if you look at the game right before the suspension against Utah, that was probably his best all around game. And, um, you know, for him to get to that point again, I think it's going to take a lot more than three seating scrimmage games and then three seating games right yeah i think i think you need to take all of these scrimmage and seating games for everybody with a a big heaping of salt because you know months off and and also like the raptors aren't super worried about seating necessarily so i think they're trying to do different things than win the basketball game sometimes like yesterday against the magic i think there was a like dedicated effort to get Mark Gasol, you know, six shots in the first quarter or whatever he had, where it was just like, let's see what the offense looks like when we run it through Gasol more and try to make him an offensive threat. 
Um, and, and those are not necessarily things that will be tried every game, but it's just like trying to figure out options for the playoffs. If, if they need to switch things up. Yeah. And Gasol wasn't hesitating as much either, you know? Uh, No, he looked good. Yeah. He he looked aggressive. And I think that's, that's a good sign for a Mark Gasol. Um, I, I think, Seeding doesn't necessarily matter for the Raptors, but it matters who ends up in that three seed between Celtics and Miami, right? And um, I mean, obviously we talked about it earlier, but if the Bucks lose today, I don't know what the score is anymore, but if the Bucks lose today. 78 76. Oh, Ooh. wow. Great one comeback. Giannis yeah. is the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> How mad do you think Giannis was at halftime? That's probably what, what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably mad that they weren't giving Bud a good gift for his birthday. Come on. Giannis is a nice guy. Yeah. They definitely brought out a cake. And and I I think the Heat also shot quite well in the first half, too. So maybe they're cooling off a little. Yeah. Well, Jay Crowder hit like five threes, and that's just not Jay Crowder. Like, yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. But but between the Celtics and the Heat, that's. That's kind of a deciding factor. I I personally wouldn't want to face the Heat. I think the Celtics are a little bit better of a matchup for the Raptors. Um, Brad, you don't want to face the Heat either if you're the Bucks. In my opinion. if they're gonna like like it's not just like it, I was saying this offline, but it's not even the defense and not the defense that worries me because like you're seeing today, like Giannis has been able to put up like he's able to get his get his even against Bam and Abai. Like he's still able to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. They'll slow him down a little bit, but it's just the shooting. Like it's all it's strictly the shooting that they, they're getting like they can get hot like this if they can do that for four games and that's terrifying yeah yeah and they have a lot of different shooters too it's like uh you know it, they have they can go probably eight eight deep with guys who shoot like 37 percent or something or better um once you you know like kelly olenic is shooting 44 percent this season he's a career like 37 percent three-point shooter but he's obviously getting pretty good looks with miami yeah. And then, you know, Duncan Robinson is lethal. You got to track him off ball all the time, load up to him. Like, I, don't uh, know if, I don't know if you guys were watching in that first quarter. Sorry to cut you off there for a second. But, like, that, right in the first quarter, like, Wes Matthews had to, like, cut it. He had to, like, he ran out to, to cut up. He had to run through a screen to, like, run him off the line. Duncan Robinson went back around the screen. Wes Matthews the fight like hell to get back around the screen again <laughs> to cut him off the line. Like, he has so much gravity Duncan Robinson and like yeah. it's such a weird thing to think about like at the beginning of the season you know like Duncan Robinson making an impact like there's not a chance but it's crazy how much like of a gravity he has and and he's difficult too because he has such a high release yeah. so if you have smaller guards like the Raptors or even even Eric Bledsoe is not giant yeah. um, and so Robinson's high release will help him get some shots off that uh, a smaller guard couldn't he's tall too I think he's like six eight right yeah yeah like- he's long Something like that. But uh, the dribble handoffs with Duncan Robinson and Bam are just lethal because you don't know what you're going to get from that situation, right? It's either a wide-open Duncan Robinson three or Bam just straight line down to the basket. And either way, that's that could be a bucket automatically. Um, I don't know. I think, I think I would still prefer facing off against the Celtics. Uh, Brad, what would you say in terms of a, a potential playoff matchup? Celtics or Heat for you? Uh, I think I would prefer the Celtics. And, and the main reason, again, is the sort of the depth of the Miami shooting. Mm-hmm. A lot of their shooters are not necessarily two-way players, but if they can be lethal enough from outside, uh, th- they can be very dangerous. I also like that they picked up Jay Crowder and Iguodala, who are very functional players. They're not going to, I don't think, elevate your team that much. 
but they can soak up some of the minutes that might have to go to worse players potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, during the, the Raptors game, the Raptors bottled up Duncan Robinson so much that he got benched partway through the third quarter and didn't come back in. Right. And uh, it's nice to have those other guys to sort of soak up those minutes when you want to do something like that. And I think Spolstra is bold enough to do something like that. So, uh, so yeah, they, they scare me a little bit more because the, the Celtics, I, I really like their starting five for the most part. I wish Kemba was a better defender. Um, I think that would be big for them. And then Marcus Smart, I think, is a great player. I think he's like 80% of Lowry, basically. <laughs> uh, but um, but then once you get outside that, it's like, okay, Ennis Cantor, Brad Wanamaker, not a bad player. Right. Um, but, you know, he's just a second-year player, and and I don't know how much you want to rely on that in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, whereas the Heat have some some younger players as well, you know, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, but I think they are not necessarily asking a lot of them and have the flexibility to remove them from the rotation if they want. Right. And um, I, I think that ends up being something that plays in favor of the Raptors when you don't have that depth, right? Um, when you Because the Raptors can go 9, 10, potentially deep on you. I know they probably won't. They'll probably stick to 8, 7 for some playoff series. But they, they have the ability to do that. Yeah, I think I think – in order to succeed in the playoffs, you need to be able to go eight deep. Um, I think those ninth and 10th guys don't have a ton of, they don't add a ton of value uh, because once series get tight, those guys will probably get played off the floor anyways, unless you have problems elsewhere in your rotation one through eight, and then you're dead anyways. Um, So, so yeah, I think you need to at least be able to go to eight and, uh, and yeah, I'm just not, not sure about seven and eight for the Celtics. And I also, I think even, even their seventh and eighth guys don't necessarily fix that size problem. Like you bring in Ennis Cantor, but you're not playing Ennis Cantor with Daniel Tice. Yeah. And you're not. So, and it's not like Ennis Cantor is some great defender or something. <laughs> I think it could be interesting to see if, if uh, they give some time to Grant Williams or Robert Williams. Right. I always get the Williams as mixed up. Yeah. Uh, I think Robert Williams is the the tall shot blocking big. Um, but yeah, he he could be a potential adjustment that uh, that Stevens tries, or he he could end up being the the person who gets those seventh or eighth man minutes potentially. I could see Gerald Henderson award shout out <laughs> shout out to uh, to Willie Lou, but I could <laughs> I could see Gerald Henderson award written all over Robert Williams. Yeah. It's just guys like that who don't necessarily have great series against anybody else but the Raptors. I I just I don't get it. But um, okay, so one of the topics of discussion that everybody is going to be talking about, and everybody on Twitter just loves to literally talk about it every single day of their lives, is Pascal Siakam versus Jason Tatum and the matchup that, you know, comparing these two superstars, the two young emerging superstars that we all think they're going to end up being. Um, I don't think this one game is going to be anything of a deciding factor in that conversation. I, I don't even think a potential playoff matchup is going to be a deciding factor in that conversation, but it's definitely going to be used as an overreaction for a bunch of things. Um, where do you guys, where do you guys stand on the whole topic of Tatum versus Siakam and, and all that fun stuff? Uh, mostly I don't care that much. <laughs> uh, like comparing two guys directly, like they're both all-star player, Borderline superstar, 
great on defense, great on offense. Um, they're, they're both fantastic. I think Tatum's ability to create his own shot kind of from anywhere uh, has a bit of a value that Siakam doesn't have. Um, I also think Siakam is a bit of a better defender. Uh, and I also think Siakam is just a little bit craftier getting to the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that, that sort of is, is where I stand. I, I think they're sort of on the same plane of existence. Yeah. And I think uh, things depend a lot more on the talent that they have around them uh, rather than like subtle differences between how good those two guys are. Yeah. I think it's also um, how much the coaches cater to them offensively. Like Tatum, you know, he's he's kind of a clear-cut number one option. The, the offense is, is catered to him a lot more for him to find his open shots, find space. Um, but Siakam, on, on the other hand, it feels like Nurse at times is trying to make it even more difficult for him to find. You know, he doesn't do the, the screen and roll that we all talk about with, with Lowry as much as we want him to. It seems like at times Siakam has, has a tougher time getting going offensively. And I think part of that is like by design to sort of expand his, his repertoire and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like you could just spam pick and roll with him as the ball handler and Lowry screening for him. And then, you know, Gasol spaces out to the elbow and Fred's in the corner and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's just sort of is not how the Raptors work. Um, and they focus a lot more on, on sort of improvement and the process. And I think that is a bit of the comfort afforded to you when you're the defending champs and you don't necessarily have the most to prove. Um, You know, the Raptors kind of know who they are, where I think the Celtics this season are, has been a bit of a process of figuring out who they are. And I think to do that, you kind of need to set everybody up for success as much as they can instead of maybe designing things to be a little bit more challenging for, for somebody to try and expand their arsenal. Right. Yeah. It's, it's part of the development process for both of them, to be honest, for both of them that, you know, it's part of learning to become a number one option, learning to be that guy, the superstar Um, for both the Celtics and the Raptors. It's clear that these guys are the future and, and it's clear that we're going to probably see a Raptor Celtic series for a really long time. Maybe, maybe potentially. Hopefully. Uh, Bradshaw. Who would you take? I'm, I'm more interested in this comparison. Jalen Brown versus OG Ananobi. Ooh, I like that. I've always been a big Jalen Brown guy. I liked him a lot in college at Cal. So I might lean Jalen Brown a little bit, but I like what OG Ananobi's done this season has just been outrageous. Like he's, like he, he's a borderline all defense player this year. Like, and I, it wouldn't like, I, I, I might even have him on my like second team all defense. He's so, so good. Like, I think the only thing that separates them maybe is like Jalen Brown got a little bit better offensively this year. So I think I might take Jalen Brown over OG and Anoli, but it's so close. Like I think OG's a much better defender at this stage in their careers, but mm-hmm. I, I think I think I'd slightly lean Jalen Brown. Yeah, I think that is probably what most people would say as well. And I think that probably is the correct answer. Um, but something and and I don't know, again, I'm trying not to like overreact to seeding and scrimmages. Uh, but OG's uh, ability to get to the rim has looked vastly superior to what I'm used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially um, off the dribble. Especially off yeah, the dribble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and so 
I mean, if, if he can keep this up and keep this up against, you know, top tier playoff competition, that will be absolutely huge. But uh, yeah, I think I would probably give the edge to, to Jalen Brown because of what he does offensively. But as you mentioned, like OG's defense, uh, that, that's something that I'm really interested in is to see him on Jason Tatum and mm-hmm. see how he and the Raptors defense in general is able to affect Tatum's offensive game. Yeah. Like they had they had OG guarding Bam for some of that Miami game, didn't they? Like most good, of it, yeah. A good chunk of it, yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. Like his versatility is just ridiculous. Like guarding Bam out of bio, but then he'll go to you know guard Jason Tatum, he can guard like even some so, certain guards. Like it's just, I love what OG's done this season. Yeah, his his yeah. like strength and foot speed combo is is so huge, and and even not just from an athletic perspective, but also the skills to like stay in front of a perimeter guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also D up in the post is really impressive. You said he's borderline all NBA defense. I think he's, I think he's, he's I, I think, I think most people, like it's like some certain people I don't think would have him on. I don't know if enough people have watched OG and OB this season. They wouldn't yeah. have him. I don't mean like for me, he's borderline. Like I'd, I'd have him on my second team, all defense, but for certain, but I don't think a lot of people, I don't think certain people would have him on because they just haven't watched enough of him this season. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Should, you should watch more though. Yes. Watch more. Just saying. Just saying. Um, I, I think we'll see OG a little bit on Tatum and Brown. I don't I, I don't think it'll be like I don't think he'll just stick to one guy. I mean, the Raptors don't necessarily do that often anyways. But um, I think we'll see a lot of OG on, on both those guys just to see which one works better. And I think it's a good time for Nurse to evaluate, OK, which matchups do I like a little bit more? Right. Yeah, I think I think. Uh... With the Raptors, it's kind of always their team defense more than anybody's individual defense. It's it's that second defender who comes over and gets the ball out of Tatum's hands, and then the other guys rotating to fill the gaps and and sort of resetting the defense. And uh, you know, I, I remember uh, hearing Jackie McMullen uh, earlier this season talking about. Uh, she talked to Jason Tatum and asked him who the the toughest defender for him was, yes, and he sir. said, "It's not a person; it's a team. It's the Raptors." Yep. Um, and that's sort of similar to what you heard from Giannis at the start of this season, uh, talking about having nightmares about Marcus Gasol, and um, and and yeah, it is. It's it sort of is the the team defense is the killer on the Raptors. They have a lot of great individual defenders, but the way they work in concert with each other, with no weak points for you to attack, is is absolutely huge. I agree. I, I think that is. Kind of disappointing, though, because people use it as a way to not select a, a specific player onto all NBA defensive yeah. teams, right? So, like, they'll say, oh, no, everybody on the Raptors is good on defense, so we can't have one single player on there, right? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an underappreciation, but that sort of is the Raptors' lot in life, I feel like, and uh, yeah. we're used to it. Yeah, we are. Well, we are. There was someone, I don't remember who tweeted it, but someone had a tweet that, like, they wanted to put a Raptor or two on their all-defensive team, but, like, why don't we just have, like, an all defensive team team and we'll give that to the Raptors. I'm like, what? Why? Like there's cl- if, if they're good enough to do that, then they clearly have a, a couple good enough defenders to be on your all defensive team, at least one. Or when you like, start making up awards to give the Raptors, just give them real awards. Yeah. I I could potentially see I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but I could see a lot of votes for Lowry and OG. Yeah. And and also like it's sort of weird too because I feel like the all defense team is partially driven just by popularity. It's like, yeah. who's a good defender? Oh, Marcus Smart, he's good. I know him. He gets a lot of media attention. Yeah. I'll put him in. Or or LeBron's having a great defensive year for LeBron. And it's like, well, 
Yeah, I, I, but I think there probably are other better defenders than LeBron. Right. Um, and, uh, and so that kind of goes into it too. And so maybe somebody like Fred Van Vliet, who is not as big of a name and, and sort of doesn't do super sexy things on defense. Like he, he's not blocking anybody at the rim or like getting uh, 8 million steals. Those deflections just, though, those deflections. And, and he just like destroys people off ball, like just yeah. absolutely smothering them. Um, so, so, you know, you, you can't put uh, all your worth, all your, yeah. your self-worth on now. You're all defense selections. <laughs> <laughs> or any type of selection, <laughs> honestly, to be. We've learned that a lot with uh thing, what's it called? Those coach of the years, the coaches voting. Uh, oh, yeah. Billy Donovan and Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> disrespectful, disrespectful. Mark Jones keeps trying to push the Billy Donovan agenda. I don't know what he has against Nick Nurse, but he definitely keeps trying to push that agenda. Every time with Doris Burke. Oh, well, Doris, you know, uh, Billy Donovan, really just amazing performance from him this season. It's like, yes, man, I get it but he's not the coach of the year. Okay. It's not happening. <sighs> That's my Mark Jones feel. That's all I got. <laughs> I'd rather go to Billy Donovan than, uh, than Budenholzer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I'll even give, uh, well, who, who was another team that dealt that with a lot of injuries? I guess the Pacers, you could say, I could, I'll, I'll give it to Nate McMillan over Mike. Budenholzer. <laughs> okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, no. Bradshaw's not letting that one slide. Frank Vogel, huh? Frank Vogel, huh? Jesus, no. Absolutely not. Doc Rivers, dude, come on. How are you going to work with Kawhi and Paul George? I don't know how you do it. Those two big personalities. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways, listen, Friday, tomorrow, or today, if you're listening to it today, uh, it should be a fun one, uh, the Raptors versus the Celtics. I don't know if Kemba is playing because I, I did hear something that he might be still dealing with some knee sto- are they still Are they still like limiting his minutes? Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, I think they're just limiting his minutes, yeah. yeah so, so. so that will be another thing to keep in mind is we will see more Kemba in the playoff series than we will in, in this series. Yes, absolutely. Or in this game. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Honestly, regardless, I know there's going to be tons of overreactions. I know there's going to be <laughs> tons of people, including myself, just <laughs> overreacting about potentially a Raptors win or a Celtics. Listen, if Tatum scores less than 20, he's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to shout out the fraud master, Sean Woodley, for that. <laughs> calls literally every single person a fraud. Shout out to Sean. Thank you, Sean. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. If Tatum scores less than 20. At the same time, I guarantee you Celtics Twitter is saying the exact same thing about Pascal Siakam. And, and to be fair, Siakam is probably more likely to score less than 20. Yes, yes, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, Brad, thank you very much for, for coming on the Shoot Your Shot pod. If any, anything else? Any, any last additions? No, just check out my uh, YouTube at uh, Too Much Hoops. Yes, yeah, as always. Um, yeah, no, honestly, listen, you, again, you were just doing yourself a disservice if you were not checking out the Raptors defensive breakdowns and the rest of the NBA as well. Um, definitely too much hoops. Check it out. Um, as always make sure to check us out as well. Give us a five-star rating on Apple podcast that that would be greatly appreciated. Maybe even rate us, maybe even be like, yo, that host is like super, super dope. The co-host, not so much. He's all right. He's a Bucks fan. It's okay. He's decent. He's got a Atlanta Falcons hat on. It's it's all right. He's decent, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you everybody for listening to the shoot your shot podcast. Uh, as always take care, have a good one.